Welcome in to Farscast. Farzim Vasugin here with you for another episode of Farscast. I can't ever keep track of the numbers uh, what episode podcast I'm on. It, it kind of feels like um, UFC pay-per-views. I can never keep track of uh, what number uh, pay-per-view they are at. Uh, I'm going to look that up real quickly as we are doing this live on my Facebook page. First time we're doing an entire podcast live. This is episode 18 a farce cast. So there you have it. Uh, hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, I know it's kind of a tough week for Kansas City Chiefs fans. So a lot of you guys listening are, of course, Chiefs fans. So I certainly understand that. Um, but nonetheless, hey, look, uh, uh, sometimes unfortunate things happen. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we'll move on. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs uh, just didn't look good in the Super Bowl. But I'll get into that in just a moment. A lot of things I want to talk about on this episode. Uh, later on the podcast, Ryan McKennell of Sirius XM will join me. Uh, he's out of Las Vegas. He covers a lot of combat sports, boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, uh, a lot of great stuff he does. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to Ryan. Uh, had to reschedule him a couple of times because he's had uh, some uh, scheduling conflict. But nonetheless, uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun talking to him. What's going on, guys? What's up, Justin? Hi, Enrique. Uh, we are on the Facebook page. So for those of you listening to the podcast version, you probably may not uh, understand exactly what's happening because I'm going to be interacting with uh, some of the people uh, who are uh, joining me live on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Vasugi, and that is my Facebook page. Uh, I'll try to record some of these live. I always do the guest hits live on my Facebook page. Those have been a lot of fun. A lot of people like to join in on that and interact with us on there. So I'll try to, uh, and I'll try to do a better job of um, making it more interactive because we haven't done that uh, with a lot of our podcast hits. So for those of you who've never listened to the the podcast before, just search Farzcast, F-A-R-Z, short for my first name, Farzine, and then search Cast, Farzcast on either Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. It's also on YouTube as well. What's going on, Lucas? Thanks for joining us. Uh, so feel free to look that up and subscribe on there. If you like what you hear, if this is your first time, uh, share the podcast links as well. Greatly would appreciate that. Uh, so you guys know how to how to find the podcast. You guys know how to find me on social media. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to just real quickly go over the Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, since this is the first podcast I've done since the Super Bowl. I, look, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs just... Looked unprepared, and was there some distraction with Andy Reid personally? Of course, uh, with what his son was going through, and I do want to touch on that a little bit later on because the Chiefs did give an update on that. Um, but it has been a very tough week for the Kansas City Chiefs, and not even just talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, of course, with Marty Schottenheimer passing away, Therese Paler, who covered the Chiefs uh, for, uh, gosh, I want to say a majority of the last decade, uh, did, did a phenomenal job covering the Chiefs for Yahoo Sports and for the Kansas City Star. Um, I want to uh, kind of give um, just my thoughts on Therese Paler as a person and as a writer because I think uh, I think uh, that definitely I, – I, I just have a little bit of a, a story to share about Therese. I met him once, um, and uh, just anyone that has been around Therese – uh, they've got nothing but good things to say about him. Plus some other headlines that I kind of want to touch on before Ryan McKennell joins us. Uh, but as far as the Super Bowl goes, man, look, uh, I think, and I know a lot of people are upset with the referees. I, I see uh, Brett commenting about Sarah Thomas. Apparently he has a son named after Tom Brady. Look, I don't know about that stuff, man. At the end of the day, if we're being honest, the Chiefs just got their ass kicked in this game. Um, and... Forget about the officiating. Forget about the terrible blocking. And I know that's such a weird thing to omit. But just bear with me for a minute. Forget about the bad blocking, man. Patrick Mahomes was still going out there finding receivers open. And a couple of times in the end zone. Uh, Very early in the game, you had Tyreek Hill. Could have started the game perfectly. The Chiefs defense did have a three and out on the opening drive of the game. And then the Chiefs offense, they were able to move the ball pretty well. Patrick Mahomes did find Tyreek Hill in the end zone, uh, but hit his helmet, couldn't uh, pull in that catch. And then in the second half as well, when Mahomes was just dodging everyone, and made one of the weirdest throws you'll ever see, 30 yards, exactly from the 30-yard line to the end zone, the front of the end zone. And that is where uh, he, I believe that was Demarcus Robinson, who he threw the football to. That bounced off his helmet. 
I don't know what it was with uh, Chiefs players uh, not being able to catch the ball and hitting their helmets, being wide open and all that. That was just a weird theme that happened for the Chiefs. So even with the bad officiating, even with the uh, poor blocking that you saw, and I understand the Chiefs were playing with a lot of backup offensive linemen, Still no excuse, man. The Chiefs had opportunities in this football game. Andy Reid, I, I was really confused with his strategy right before halftime when he was calling timeouts. And I get you want to foot the football back, but the Buccaneers were carving up your defense. They weren't. The Buccaneers were not even trying to score before halftime, and I was just glad to be down by only eight points at that time. But for whatever reason, that just uh, helped out. The Buccaneers in the end, because they realize, okay, Andy Reid's calling these timeouts. Well, why don't we take advantage and use the clock being stopped to our advantage? It's exactly what they did. Yes, there was a terrible penalty call uh, during that drive, but you know, it's not. It didn't gift them the touchdown. They were at the twenty-four yard line, but still, in three plays, they got into the end zone after that. So. Uh, look, say what you want about bad officiating, the bad blocking. The Chiefs had opportunities in this Super Bowl. Um, unfortunately, it just didn't go their way. Um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, man, this kid played a hell of a game. Uh, I know it doesn't show up on the scoreboard and on the stat sheet. Got pressured so many times, and even then, he's still going out there, throwing the football in the weirdest positions you can imagine, and is still throwing them to receivers wide open. They're just not able to come down with them, so... You know, props to Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and what he did in this football game. Uh, just unfortunate that uh, they weren't able to uh, come together. Um, I don't know how much of it has to do with the whole Britt Reed situation. I mean, yeah, Andy Reid, he was there at the game, but was he really there? I think that's a valid question. We'll never really know the answer to that. I think my biggest frustration was there. The, the team didn't make any adjustments as the game went on. I'm sure the coaches got on the players for not being able to pull in the catch, the catches, I should say, or, or the blocking. But I mean, why weren't we putting an extra tight end in there to help the, these offensive tackles and maybe to? I mean, even they were, even though they were just rushing for so many of the, uh, uh, so much of the game. It's not like they were sending the blitz. It's not like they were sending the house. I'm not quite sure where the um, where the help was. Uh, the Chiefs never really made that adjustment. Uh, you know, in baseball, if your pitcher is struggling or if he's starting to to get tired, what do you do? You 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 go to the bullpen. You make that change at the mound. Uh, in this case, Andy Reid never really did that. He never made that change where you know you can you you have options to bring in a tight end or a fullback or a running back to be a supplement blocker. And for whatever reason, the Chiefs never did that in this game. So, look, man, props to the Buccaneers. They came uh, prepared, uh, and the Chiefs never really uh, looked prepared in this game. Uh, so, sometimes that's just how they fall. And look, I know people are bummed out, but if Patrick Mahomes is going to go to a lot of championships, he's going to lose some here and there. LeBron James has a lot of losses, six to be exact, six NBA Finals losses. Kobe Bryant's lost a couple of them. Tom Brady has lost three of them, one of them to a backup of all people in, uh, in Nick Foles. So sometimes that just happens, man. Uh, Brett asked, how about Tom and Gronk disrespecting the trophy at the parade? Oh, you're talking about... <laughs> uh, the state of Florida got a lot of criticism for this because... For whatever reason, we're still in this pandemic. Oh, I, that's not your question, Brett. But I know uh, a lot of people were uh, criticizing uh, the parade happening. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, like a lot of you guys, I'm over this. I really just want this thing to, to, to be over. Uh, I hope the vaccine continues to help us out. Cases are going down. So we can only just hope that we're seeing the the start of the end, but as far as your specific question with the trophy, I mean, look, man, I don't care. Uh, the Chiefs last year were using it as a prop to pour beer down and, and drink out of the trophy, so uh, doesn't really bother me. I mean, they're just having fun. They're, they're obviously drunk as hell celebrating a championship, and rightfully so. Listen, man, Brady, since 2014, even Patriots fans, after that Chiefs blowout on Monday Night Football, I'm sure a lot of you guys remember that, uh, Everyone kept saying Tom Brady's done and we need to move on. Tom Brady has won four championships since then. Four championships. Look, you don't got to love the guy. I hate him as much as a lot of people do, but the guy keeps winning games. Yeah, he keeps winning Super Bowls. And if he's still winning, he's going to stick around. 
Uh, who knows uh, when he's going to hang it up, but it uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be anytime soon, that's for sure. Hey, listen, uh, forget about the Super Bowl. It has been a tough week for Chiefs fans. Uh, we lost a couple of uh, key people from uh, from the Chiefs kingdom. The, the first person was uh, Marty Schottenheimer. I, I mean, look, his, his resume speaks for itself. I know he never won a championship, but the thing you've got to appreciate about Marty Schottenheimer if you're a Chiefs fan... This guy revamped the Kansas City Chiefs in the 90s. He really did. He, Derek Thomas, Carl Peterson, Joe Montana, and there are a couple other names. Marcus Allen, of course. Uh, The Chiefs in the 90s were a very unique group. Again, no Super Bowls there. But look at some of the uh, people from the coaching staff. Uh, you got you have guys like Bill Cowher, Tony Dungy, Herm Edwards, and I believe Bruce Arians too, if I'm not mistaken. So many people from that uh, Marty Schottenheimer coaching tree. I believe even Harbaugh as well. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. I could be wrong. So many people from the Schottenheimer coaching uh, tree that uh, have just expanded and have landed jobs. Man, um, so very sad to hear Marty Schottenheimer. He passed. Uh, on February the 8th, uh, rest in peace, Marty Schoenheimer, and uh, hopefully the Chiefs can uh, find ways to honor him at the start of next season. Uh, I mean, you know there's going to be a special moment of silence, a special tribute for him uh, for the first home game of 2021, so I'm very excited to see what the Chiefs have planned there. Um, we did learn about Marty's death on the 9th. Uh, another death, uh, unfortunate death we learned on the 9th is Therese Paler. A lot. I mean, I think any Chiefs fans, uh, any Chiefs fan out there, excuse me, knows who Therese Paler is. Therese covered the Kansas City Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. He actually started, I don't know what his first job was. I know he's originally from, or I'm guessing from Detroit because he is a Lions fan. Uh, I don't know when he came to the Kansas City Star, but I believe his first gig with the Star was covering the Missouri Tigers. And I still remember reading his work covering Missouri. Uh, even though being a, a Kansas fan, you know, you, you still want to be up to date on all that kind of stuff. And I really loved what Therese did. And I was very excited when they gave him the Chiefs beat, uh, promoting him within the Kansas City Star. And he did a fantastic job uh, the way he covered the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's no shocker to me that he uh, moved on up and went over to Yahoo Sports uh, covering the Chiefs from a national scene. And I'd hear him sometimes on ESPN Radio, NFL's uh, Sirius XM channel. Uh, this guy uh, really was a great example. Still is a great example. Uh, you know, even though he's no longer with us, he still is uh, a, a great example of what sports journalism is. Uh, he had a lot of great sources. Uh, I mean, people within the organization really liked the guy. And I mean, look, the guy did an exclusive with Alex Smith a couple of weeks ago. Even though Alex Smith no longer is uh, associated with the Chiefs. Uh, Therese still has these connections because people value Therese and the work that he did during his time. Uh, I still remember when I was a student at the University of Kansas, I just reached out to Therese on Twitter. I said, hey, man, I, I love your work. Can you come on my radio show to talk Chiefs? And super kind enough to, to say yes and make time for me as busy as uh, these beat writers are. So he came on my show, and I still remember this. KU student radio station has a weird telephone line. It's really, you you have to click on these color-coded buttons. It's it's weird. I'm not going to get into it on this podcast. But I uh, I uh, tried to punch Therese up uh, live on air, and we could not hear him for whatever reason. So I kind of panic and just go to a commercial break. And uh, he's super cool. He's, he's just chill, holding on while we're running commercials. I'm going to my advisor saying, hey, Tom, what the hell do we do? How do we accept it? He tells me what to do exactly, and we finally get it to work. Uh, but Therese was super super cool. He came on my um, Chiefs podcast as well a couple of times. I was actually going to reach out to Therese this year. And look, I can maybe do this topic with another uh, reporter out there, but I actually wanted to talk to Therese about uh, journalism and how he's been able to move up in sports media. Obviously, unfortunately, we can't do that um, with Therese, but... Uh, you know, I'll just say this because this is someone who, again, a lot of people valued, not just as a person, not just as a journalist, but as a person, uh, super nice guy. And listen, let me just say this. And I think any of you guys listening can probably know this. And by the way, guys in the comment section, please, 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 please 
do not speculate on a death. I don't think they ever said the cause of the death, but let's if if this was someone in your family, uh, don't speculate on the death. I see some of you guys are doing that. We don't know exactly what the um, what the exact uh, answer is because none of that's been confirmed. Uh, but here's uh, what I did want to say, uh, and, and I kind of just lost. Uh, oh, here's what I was gonna say. Um, there are a lot of people in the media that have a negative reputation, whether it's with other journalists or just with viewers, readers in general. Therese never had that. Therese was never viewed in a negative light whatsoever by anybody. Now, when Therese was talking about some of the Black Lives Matter stuff, uh, when athletes were speaking out against racism, I think that's the only time I've ever honestly seen people speak out against Therese and suddenly not like his work just because he he was contributing to that discussion. That's it. Uh, if that's the only bad thing you can say about Therese Paler, I think it's safe to say this guy did a 100 out of a 100% perfect job in uh, covering the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, this guy, uh, he certainly asked different questions, but you know what? He, he earned that, and players were willing to answer those maybe unique type of questions because that's who he is. He's established that uh, ability to connect with these players and also uh, just be able to have that respect from the players and the coaches. So uh, uh, certainly a huge loss for Kansas City. Uh, for Chiefs fans and for uh, journalism in general, uh, general uh, the loss of Therese Paler. So uh, certainly uh, hope that one day we can see um, more people like Therese Paler in and outside of Kansas City because we certainly need uh, journalists like Therese Paler covering whether it's sports, news, politics, entertainment, whatever. Uh, more people like Therese certainly should be the standard for journalism, especially this day and age. Uh, a couple of headlines I want to read. This one's kind of funny. Uh, funny, not funny kind of thing. So a 19-year-old, this part's not funny, but a 19-year-old on March the 1st was hit by a car and went into a coma when that happened. And he was in a coma for about 10 to 11 months. He just recently woke up. Uh, I mean, he woke up in 2021. Uh, here's the weird, funny part. He is completely unaware of what's happened in the world. In the last 10 to 11 months. He has no idea about the pandemic. He has no idea about the discussion of racism that's gone on in a very big manner in the past 10, 11 months. Uh, this guy has, hey, listen, there's been a lot that's happened in the last almost year. And for this guy to just wake up and not even know what the hell's going on. Imagine this, you're in a coma and you just step out and you see people wearing masks. Uh, according to his family, he did go into a coma before the first lockdown. So this guy absolutely has no idea what's going on in uh, in the world. So kind of a crazy story there, but it sounds like he is doing a lot better. So uh, thank goodness uh, for that. Uh, but man, uh, I'm sure that's going to take some, uh, some adjusting in this uh, new world that we're kind of living in right now. Uh, look, I know a lot of you guys are huge uh, Star Wars fans, fans of The Mandalorian. I love that show. I'm sure you guys all heard about Gina Carano. Uh, she is one of the characters from The Mandalorian. She actually looked like she was about to get a very interesting angle for a season three. Uh, but she made some odd comment where she compared modern day Republicans to Jewish people, uh, who lived, uh, during the Holocaust. Uh, she ended up deleting that post and Disney plus, uh, or Disney rather, and, and Star Wars went ahead and released her. From the Mandalorian, uh, there are a lot of people from the right who are wanting Disney Plus canceled. That's ironic, uh, but I won't go into that. Uh, here's what I will say, because I know a lot of people are bummed out because she did such a great job with her character. Here's the thing, man. Whether it's media or athletics, a politician, uh, an actor in this case, whoever you are, man, everyone's replaceable. Everyone is. Um, that's just a, the, the, the truth. Look at, uh, Edward Norton. He was the, uh, Incredible Hulk for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they ended up replacing him with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, and, and Ruffalo's done an amazing job with, uh, with that role. So, people are replaceable. Um, not, not a fun thing to have to do, but sometimes you gotta let people go and find new people. So, 
I'm confident that the people, the writers, the showrunners, all these people will find the right actor. Uh, but here's my other thing. It's just why is it that you felt the need to write that? Apparently, she's written questionable things on social media. I don't know all about that. But look, man, it's 2021. You should know that in this day and age, if you write a questionable comment like that or a post like that on social media, uh, you you know it's going to be under scrutiny. And that could lead to consequences. Whether or not you agree with those consequences, that's a separate discussion. But, uh, you know, look, sometimes you just got to ask yourself, is it worth writing certain things on social media? People are criticizing Disney saying that, oh, she's, you know, criticized just because she's a conservative. No, not at all. You To compare a politician to Jewish people who lived through the Holocaust, I mean, that's just an asinine comparison to make. I mean, I don't know uh, what else you can really say about that. Uh, but at the end of the day, the day man, look, uh, you're not someone that's the best at the job. Maybe you are the best, but certainly there are other candidates Keep in mind, man, uh, these, uh, in the film industry, there are so many people that tr uh, audition for these jobs, that try out for these jobs. Uh, there are a lot of good people who get let go. Uh, think of Iron Man, okay? Robert Downey Jr. got it. It's so easy to say he's the best at it, but there are other people who were candidates as well uh, that were also pretty good, but Robert Downey was just better. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate for Gina Carano, but there are other people you can certainly reach out to. Uh, in that regard. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, and then we got to get Ryan McKinnell in uh, for our podcast. Uh, I'm a huge fan of The Last of Us, the zombie apocalyptic game uh, that takes place. It's on the uh, PlayStation 3. The, the first Last of Us is on the PlayStation 3. Then they made a remastered version for the PlayStation 4. And then um, they released The Last of Us 2 seven years later on the PlayStation 4. I don't know if it's on the PS5. I don't have a PS5, but... Man, I'm telling you, I am stoked, especially with the cast they have. We just talked about The Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal, who played as um, uh, The Mandalorian, uh, the bounty hunter in The Mandalorian, he will play as Joel, and Bella Ramsey will play as Ellie. Uh, my mom is a huge Game of Thrones fan. She actually texted me about this. And she's, I mean, she she knows a little bit of the, she knows I'm a huge fan of the, of the series, but uh, she's, Stoked just because of the cast alone. Uh, like I said, those two are from uh, Game of Thrones, which I know is a very, very popular series. That's uh, on my list of shows to watch. But, man, uh, I, I'm very excited for this. I'm a huge fan of the story. In my opinion, it is the best zombie apocalyptic story. I think The Walking Dead had a very good story for the first five, six months. Uh, but I think The Last of Us has been very good with their story. So I think that is something that uh, I'm very excited for. And certainly looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know when the uh, when the uh, show is going to air on HBO, but hopefully soon because I think it's going to be very good. And I think it's going to uh, expose The Last of Us to a whole new audience, uh, maybe for those who aren't video gamers. So I'm very excited for that, and that will be a lot of fun uh, to see happen. All right, stay tuned. Ryan McKell from SiriusXM is joining us. If you're on the Facebook page, I'm going to sign off on the live video, and then I'll come back with a new video, and we'll have Ryan McKinnell on. So join me there in just a couple of minutes. All right. Appreciate you guys joining me on the podcast and also listening live on my Facebook page. Joining me right now. Uh, really excited for this guest. This guy does a lot of things. Uh, out there in uh, sports media. So you're probably familiar with him in some shape or form if you're a combat sports fan. Ryan McKennell, who hosts uh, Busted Open and also MMA Tonight for Sirius XM's Fight Nation channel. Very excited to have him on. Uh, Ryan, all the way in Las Vegas, my favorite city in the world. How are you, sir? <laughs> you got to say, I mean, second favorite city? Really? Over Kansas City? No, I, I said Las Vegas is my favorite city. I know that's what I'm saying. Over Kansas City. That's, oh that's yeah, quite a, that's quite a bold statement. All right. No, All right. I, I, I love Kansas City too. Everyone knows that, but man, right. I have not been to 
Vegas. I haven't been on a plane in more than 12 months. So you, you know uh, what? I'm thinking it's a little bit of that absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think you do love Vegas unquestionably, but I was thinking <laughs> you might be talking a little crazy because I'm looking at that backdrop and you clearly love Kansas City. So I think it's yeah. the fact that you're missing Vegas and it's the pandemic and it's wearing on you. Dude, I miss Vegas. I live six miles from the strip. I see it every day when I go hiking. And I have no idea what it's like. I haven't been there in months. So, I mean, we're all in this together. <laughs> what, what, what is this? What is this whole experience? I, I, I want to talk about, you know, what Sirius yeah. XM has done with changes, because I know that's been a thing for you guys. But in the city, man, I mean, when we hear about this pandemic and how it's really made this negative impact, Las Vegas is one of the cities that come up. How are you doing? The people around you that you know, how's everything going there? Um, well, I'll, I'll say this, I believe, and, and I, I want to be correct, but I believe I saw this uh, a couple of days ago, Vegas has the highest unemployment rate in the nation. So if it's right at the top, obviously service industry, tourism, I've been here for 13 years, but I have been coming here since 87. Like I remember when Excalibur opened and they still had the Turkey legs and the, it was like a Renaissance fair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've seen many different incarnations of Vegas, the, the amusement park at the MGM. I would always come as a tourist. I spent my 21st here and bet a thousand dollar hand of blackjack and lost. And that was my entire bankroll. It was so, I mean, I've done so much <laughs> stupid things here as, as, as a, as a, as a visitor and a lover of Vegas. And then I've, I've obviously been a resident and, and still done a couple stupid things, but I've, I've always had my finger on the pulse. I feel like of this city, I've never, and listen, a lot of people are feeling this in their cities. I grew up in South Bend and I grew up. So I outside of Chicago and I'm sure people in the Midwest are feeling it. Kansas city, our cities aren't the same. <laughs> They're not the same. Right. And it's an inevitability. People are uh, you know, they're moving back to places where maybe they were more comfortable, whatever the case may be. Right. We have people here uh, in Nevada that are coming in from California. It's kind of it. I when I went to college, I got a general studies degree, but I focused a lot on theologies. So anthropology, sociology, I was fascinated with why people did with what they did historically, et cetera, which is partly what got me into mixed martial arts. Right. So yeah. I'm this isn't for me a. And I'm not being long winded here, but this isn't for me. Like it's it's scary and it's certain and it's weird seeing Vegas change. I have no question that Vegas will rebound because of the love. I always say this: there is no other place like Vegas. There's no city in the world where you say one city's name and it evokes the emotions and thoughts and excitement that Vegas does, right? Um, but from a historical standpoint, right? To get back to my original point, watching this happen, it's yes, it's traumatic. Everyone's having crappy times and it's not pleasant. But it is living history. And, I, and, I, and in a weird sort of positive to see the world change and to see it shift and to see things happen in really monumental ways and hopefully for the better. That's my hope. You, you follow, We follow each other on Twitter. It's my hope by being outspoken and seeing how badly we're treated as a society. And it's it, yes in terms of culturally that is factored in, but I think we're seeing now with this pandemic, 500,000, you know, creeping in, in terms of the death toll, right? Like yeah. they, this country in this place needs to change for the better. And sometimes really bad and gnarly things need to happen for it to change, but to watch it change is kind of exhilarating and exciting. So I'm remaining optimistic, positive. Yes. It's a weird change. It's weird seeing Vegas kind of empty. It's weird doing my shows from home, but there's, you know, adaption is there's there's a positivity to that adaption if that makes sense yeah for sure and you kind of touched on having to do your show from home i know um uh, you do a lot of great stuff with uh with serious xm and i kind of want to get into that uh with uh with busted open and um and mma tonight but can you talk about the change because i i listen to your guys's channel quite a lot uh, especially the mma talk i know thanks uh you got yeah you you guys do a great job (laughs) i know rj um Uh, at the time, uh, when Luke was still with you guys, I, I mean, I listened to you guys a lot now it's, um, now it's Jimmy Smith, but all of a sudden, and I didn't really pay attention. I just noticed people were on at different times. How did you guys handle this whole, uh, uh, shift, uh, during this pandemic with all of your shows? Well, the, the, the time slots remained the same in terms of like MMA tonight, but there was a lot of shifting early in the pandemic. So MMA tonight is still three to five Pacific six to eight Eastern, right? Uh, Busted open still airs six to nine Pacific, nine to noon Eastern. It They, they stayed, that general uh, format stayed the same, but there were some issues early in the pandemic where we were off the air entirely for a while. I, I don't remember. It was a few weeks, a couple weeks. I do Sirius remember that. Pi- Sirius pivoted pretty quickly. Um, 
And they, it might have not even have been a couple of weeks. It might have been a week because we went straight to what you're doing. We went straight to Zoom. We went straight to shipping out units, uh, quality, uh, you know, microphones. And, 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 and you know, I, I'm not a tech guy. I'm just saying they, they got us the ability to set up remotely to handle our situation so we wouldn't have to go into studios and risk our well-being. Also, the Saturday show, which is what I do on Busted Open with Mark Henry, that show was off for a couple months. And I have to give a huge amount of credit to SiriusXM. They paid everyone. The producers got their hourly rate that they would have normally gotten had the shows continued as they would have, right, presumably. And I got my normal rates for my shows that I would have gotten despite being taken off. So anyway, they pivoted quickly. We went to at-home setups and we started figuring it out. And actually our channel, 156 Fight Nation, we were the guinea pigs for a lot of that setup because of how important Busted Open is, the importance of the callers. It's a very caller-driven show. There's a huge fan base that calls in. Same thing with MMA Tonight. It's a long, I mean, Misha, RJ, myself. I mean, we're talking, Luke was there for five years. Jimmy's been there for a few years. Marissa Rivas, the head of it's been there for over 10 years and the driving force to get combat sports even on Sirius XM because it took a lot of convincing. So it's a lot of passion. There's a lot of like a family vibe there. So we all kind of huddled together we all put our best kind of foot forward and like let's figure out how to make this work and we did it took a little bit still dealing even up until like a month ago there's still technical issues and i have gigabit internet and a brand new macbook pro i mean i I have a lot of the things that you need to have but there's still there's unplanned chaos in the radio world so we're all looking forward to getting back to normal whenever that may be but i'm also super proud of serious and to be able to deal with our and this is going to sound like boohoo it's really not i'm just really proud of our team to be able to stay positive and bring entertainment when dude, my mom almost died of, uh, of COVID over Xmas. My dog died this period. I lost insurance wow. because my wife lost her job. We both lost. I lost my local show here in Vegas. She lost her job with the casino. You know what I mean? And again, this isn't boo hoo. It's not, we're all going through it on some level, but to know, and I know the personal, some of the personal stories my team has went through. Right. I mean, my thing is my thing and that's fine. Again, we're all going through something. But to know what my team is going through on some level, to all come in and to do a quality job and to bring entertainment and to stay positive and to be professional. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's talked about much on our end. You know, the media gets so demonized and entertainers specifically radio people, talking heads, whatever you want to call them. And I get it because a lot of the time we're paid to give opinions and that riles people up. But again, this is a really awkward time and the pivoting and the positivity and again, and the passion that the team it's serious to showing. And again, the loyalty and dedication that Sirius showed to keep paying. I know they're a billion dollar corporation. I get it. They've got the money. I got, but I mean, just there's a lot of people out there not doing the right thing. So to have yeah. someone do the right thing, it, it, it felt really good about my choices in my life on who to, to associate with and to, and to work for. No, that's good, man. Because I, I used to work for, in, in uh, sports media, especially local radio here in Kansas City. And I know yeah. it can be very tough. Uh, it's a very tough industry. So that's good to hear that they've certainly been doing the right thing because um, it, it can be very grueling at times. Um, look, uh, like I said, I, I really enjoy listening to your channel. And I'll be honest, I don't listen to uh, a lot of the boxing coverage nor pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I, but I do. I, look, I know good radio when I hear it. I think uh, Dave LaGreca does a great job. I know you uh, host on Saturdays. Um, and uh, sometimes when you guys are talking about things with wrestling, I don't know what's going on, but you guys do sometimes touch on like historic stuff with pro yeah. wrestling. And, and I really enjoy that. I mean, I'll, I'll tune in for that any day. Um, yeah. I, I want to know, uh, with you, what is it like? Because you work with Mark Henry, who is a WWE hall of famer. You work with Misha Tate, who, you know, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, women that really got women's MMA going with, along with Ronda Rousey, what is it like working alongside those two people in, uh, at Sirius XM? Uh, fun. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's, uh, I'm a, I'm a kind of out there guy. <laughs> You listen to me, right? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I take a lot of pride. I mean, I started as a sports writer. I came out here 13 years ago to cover mixed martial arts. I figured if I if I wanted to do it correctly, I needed to be at the center of the universe. I have a huge passion for mixed martial arts. I have a huge passion for everything, right? So to have two people like me, and it's not. And I it, it. I mean, obviously, those are the two that I work with most regularly. But there's also Anthony Smith yeah. on the MMA side. Obviously, you mentioned R.J. Clifford, Dave Lagreca. I've obviously worked with Bully Ray, Bubba Ray Dudley, 
Tommy <laughs> Dreamer. I mean, it, but the entire team, what I'm saying is no matter who I work with, the team over there, Marissa and everyone involved has been able to assemble this in radio. And you know, this chemistry is so important. Every single person, no matter where we're at in life or st- they all kind of are willing to be ridiculous. And, and I truly mean that like we, like you listen. So, you know, that Andre, our producer talks about raiding women's feet in mixed martial arts. And there's like wiki feet. And we bring Misha into that. Like we opened up Misha's DMS one time and we were reading the creepiest stuff from fans. And I, I thought about that later. I was like, well, that, that's not the best idea because that brings a highlight and a spotlight to that. So maybe it encourages more of that deviant behavior and like legit, I'm like, that wasn't, but again, the fact that I have co-hosts or hosts that are willing to do that with me and be ridiculous. And, and we do this every week. So things can get stale, especially during the pandemic when things weren't happening at the regularity or in the ways that we were used to. Uh, So working with Misha and Mark regularly, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I have so much respect for both of them. They're both great at radio. They're both professionals and they're hard workers. A lot of the time uh, when you're dealing with, I shouldn't even say a lot of the time, sometimes, right. In this industry, when you deal with high profile hosts, athletes, entertainers, or whatever, they view radio as kind of a side game. You know, what's interesting. uh, I never really thought much of, I mean, I have always respected what, you know, Bubba Ray or Bully Ray. Uh What does it, what does he go by Bubba or Bully or both? I think it's Bully because of the WWE brand branding thing. So I think he, he's, he's a hall of famer as Bubba Ray Dudley, a part of the Dudley boys at ECW. And then he's, he goes as Bully Ray now. But I, he, I don't really think he gives a sh- I can't, I don't know. I'm not going to cuss. I don't think he cares. No, you can cuss. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think he gives a shit which one you call him. I just, I, I think for legal purposes, he's bully, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I've always respected what these people have done, but in kind of a weird way. And, and, and look, I loved um, Michael Bisping's show when he was on with you guys with Louis J. Gomez. But when you listen to these people in kind of a weird way, you just become. I guess better fans of them. And maybe you just respect what they did even more just because yeah. of their commentary. Do you get that kind of re- reaction sometimes? Absolutely. And that's, I, that's the best thing. I, okay. So when I was writing for Yahoo or when I was doing anything that involved being a journalist, I wore that hat and I tried to abide by those standards as much as possible. I'm loud. I'm abrasive. Like there's certain things that like, I mean, I'm sure I rub people a little bit the wrong way, but at different times, but I, I did, I was much different than the way I am. I guess on radio, if that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I know what you mean. Uh, what I'm trying to do in radio, it's a little different with Misha and it's a little bit different with Mark. I kind of wear different hats, but I'm still at the core, which I was never as a journalist. And I really, not even on Twitter as a commentator, it's more just, this is, it's weird. I'm like, I have like split personality disorder. My point is I try to have fun. I try to think about what I would want a show to sound like with these two people and what I would want to hear from them. And then I try to bring that out of, them. I guess, like to, like to like a method to the madness or take you behind the curtain. That's what I'm trying to do at all times. I'm trying to remain, you know, as focused as possible, you know, doing your job as a radio host and teases and all the clock and all those things that you don't really think about or as a listener. Right. But then you're also trying to, and this is a, one piece of advice to anyone out there listening that would ever want to do this whether you're a journalist looking to pull quotes and get the best out of your subject or you're doing radio, listen for the follow-ups. And that's another thing that I try to do with Mark and Misha, have a conversation, listen to the person that you're hosting the show with. If you have a segment that you're dead set on or whatever, maybe don't be so dead set on it, right? Like if something's really good, listen to the show and know that it's really good and have the finger on the, on the pulse of the show. And being being willing to pivot. And with Mark and Misha, I have two people that are absolutely willing to do that. You know what I mean? And they're willing That's to awesome. give you they're willing to give you good stuff. They're willing to open up. They're willing to just be themselves. And again, that's that's not always the case to be able to to have those personal moments and bring their personal life out because I think that's all that I mean, I think that's the best part of radio. Levitard does it you know, down in Florida. I mean, I think any an ensemble cast, we have that to an extent. I like that. I like real personality and I like real chemistry. And again, the team over there is insane. Like Misha, like I didn't, before I started working with Misha, I had no idea. I, I, I interviewed her as a subject. I, I wrote about her. I didn't, I saw some of her work on television. I didn't know she would talk about going to the AVN awards and we'd be having Kendra Lust on and 
You know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. talking about ridiculous lifestyle stuff and her 71 hour pregnancy when she gave birth to Amaya, trying to do that without painkillers. Like what? I think she went like 64 hours of labor without painkillers. She was punching pads right before birth, wasn't she? Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's awesome. She's extremely yeah. dedicated. Uh, there's a reason she is. You set her up, you know, the, the pioneer, as you said, in the you know, yep. the legend of mixed martial arts, former UFC bantamweight champion, r- r- the rivalry with Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't exist, does women's MMA reach the level it is today with multiple divisions and champions and stars? And I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, she's dedicated. I know she's in, is she in South Korea? She's back. Oh, she is back. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, she I was. Guess- she I was. Guess I, should, I guess. I guess I should announce that more on the show because you listen fairly regularly. I feel like I should announce that Misha is back. But yeah, she's been back since I want to say around Christmas, uh, maybe around uh, Thanksgiving. But she's Singapore. She's oh, okay. One championship. She, I believe she still is with one championship working uh, over there. Well, but she, I don't. Yeah, she's back now. In Vegas. She was. She was getting up at six a.m. to do do those shows. I mean, that's that's dedication right there, man. Good on her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you talk. Yes. She was, but I'm going to steal some shine from her when the pandemic hit and we had to do these first, I don't know, Saturday shows were like, we had to do them at I, 6 a.m. was when the show's live, but we had to pre-tape those shows so we couldn't take callers. I was getting up at 2.30 in the morning on Saturdays and doing those shows. It had me all messed up. So when Misha was doing those 6 o'clock shows, I was complaining about the 2 o'clock shows. She was complaining about the 6 o'clock shows. Doing those shows with her was hilarious, though, because it was 6 o'clock in the morning. And it's Misha Tate. And to, I mean, know what she must be going through with a brand new baby. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the energy she brought and the fun she had, it's certainly like, listen, it was a horrible time. I don't want to ever have this, any of this happen again. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping in 10 years, I'll look back and cherish it and recognize it for the special kind of piece and time that it was. Again, um, the armor that sort of this is all building is inspiring. Like, if we can do this, we can do anything, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the past 10 months, certainly a lot of stories yeah. um, can be told uh, down the line, as you said. A couple of questions left with you. Um, look, I, I know you guys have talked about this a lot. Uh, Conor McGregor uh, suffered his first ever uh, TKO loss um, yeah. in his MMA career. You know, Conor is kind of interesting because he hasn't fought a whole lot. I know he was planning on fighting last year, but look, nothing went as planned last year as we've kind of just alluded to many times. But, uh, you know, he, he suffered a big loss. And I know Dana, uh, according to uh, one reporter out there, uh, I guess Dana's still trying to meet with Habib. Uh, I don't know. I, I know Dana was pushing really hard for that rematch. Uh, between Dana and Habib, what, or excuse me, Connor and Habib, what do you make of that recent loss with Connor? Do you feel like his star power is still there, or do you feel like it's declining? I feel like with one more, if he does lose again, I think that he could be on the decline. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely. I mean, listen, it, it it's what 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 was he to begin with? It was such a meteoric, you know, uh, just loud arrival. I yeah. it's six. It's five, six years ago, and I still can't believe he knocked Aldo out in 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. I was in the room when he predicted he was going to do it, and then I was in the room when he did it, and then I had my jaw on the floor that entire night. I was with Danny Acosta, former employee of SiriusXM, and my former co-host, and I just remember sitting in a cafe later that night. It was like 3 in the morning, and I'm just like, Dude, what the – what? How? Because I was there the night Aldo beat Brown in the WEC for that title, that same title that they turned into the UFC title that he held for seven years or whatever it was. And to see Connor go out there and do that it was incredible. But again, it was so loud. It was so quick. It was a great run, but it wasn't a legendary run. He's now three and four in his last seven fights, if you include that Mayweather loss, which I do, because that was the most public loss. And what we're talking about is juice. We're talking about star power. We're talking about, you know, is he going to be what he was? And can he, you know, how much of a hit can he take? He's taken a lot of hits. And in the mainstream public eye, because that's all we care about here. That's all we're talking about. And he'll always be a star in MMA because of what he was and what he meant to the sport. He'll he'll always have a place. I mean, as long as he doesn't BJ Penn himself, you know. It's true. Or, or, you know, there's other people out there that have put their legacy. (laughs) Like I, but Penn was, the you know, recent that comes to mind. Anyway, um, so... I mean, they have to be careful. It's in a it's in an odd spot with Connor because, I mean, you can't give him, <laughs> you can't give him anyone just in the top ten because anyone in the top ten could potentially beat him. And if that happens, well, then you want to be strategic about who's going to beat him, right? So it presents this challenge for UFC matchmakers. 
you have to still give him the biggest fights possible. You can't wait too long on the Diaz trilogy. Because if they both keep losing, you're going to lose half of the buy rate of what that would have been. And damn it, that's a really good trilogy fight. And it's still yes. pretty good. And you're still going to sell on it. My advice would be that for them to do that is probably right now because they're both coming off of losses. They're both still young ish. They're both, they both still have that enigma and that interest. I mean, it's not implausible. You look at that 155 division. We just had Benel Dariush on the show, right? Like this like yesterday, Wednesday. Dariush might beat McGregor. Like you, I'm just, you don't want that to happen, but I'm so you, you, you have to use them. You have to figure something out. You don't want some, you don't want someone to come up and, and make noise. You have a very easy situation at 155. You have four or five people in a mini tournament. I don't care how you pair it at this point. I mean, would I like Oliveira and Poirier? Yes, that would be my preferred selection. Poirier should be the champion right now anyway but McGregor is still there. You need to figure out a, you need to figure out something. Nate Diaz came out and talked to Ariel this week and said, what, that yeah. he wasn't going to fight at 155 anymore. I heard that. I think he'd rethink that if you wanted to throw him in a six man, make it a six man with Gaethje, Chandler, Oliveira, Poye, Connor, all that good stuff. Then you, you build it. You, you tell the story that way. If Connor can make it out of that, if he can even make it to the finals of that, you know, if he can win his first round, get, he just needs one win really, because the McGregor nation's always going to believe you see it on Twitter. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, he just guessed. He was a year out. It was the leg kicks. They added up. They're looking for reasons to find to not acknowledge that he might not be the, the Messiah that they thought he was. But you can't deny what he was. He had Floyd Mayweather. And I've talked about this on the show. It's really important for historical context. Conor McGregor was such a big star in combat sports that Floyd Mayweather was chasing him down to get a fight with him. And then that fight did multiple millions of views of buys on pay-per-view and had everyone buying chicken, chicken wings and throwing parties and people were talking <laughs> about it. I called it the biggest con in, in pro wrestling history. Like it was a pro wrestling match. It was oceans 14. I said it before the fight happened and I stand by it, but again, it was Conor McGregor's star power that had that. And you can never take that away. Losses are going to hurt it. You can't take away what's already happened. So I really don't know. I have serious concerns because it's not like he didn't lose to Diaz. You saw the Diaz fight. Yeah. It was the same way. It looked like the same way to Poirier. Volume accumulated. He found someone that could eat his punches early in the fight, which is exactly what happened. Poirier did not go away. Conor accumulated damage, wore down, and a tougher man took him out, which is what Diaz did the first time. Credit to Connor. Connor came right back and finished him the second time, but Connor needs to figure something out. He needs to figure something out. So it's going to be interesting. Still the biggest star in the sport. You got time for one more question before we sure, let absolutely. go? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I told you, I mean, I love Vegas. I go there a few times a year when there is not a pandemic. Uh, you know, we don't have a hockey team here in Kansas City. I mean, we've had minor league teams. We have a minor league team right now, but it's just not easy to, to get hooked into as much. And when Vegas got a hockey team, I thought I said, okay, this is interesting. I, I'm going to follow this team because I don't have a team to follow. You know, and I, I, I loved, I love watching the U.S. national team uh, when they play. Uh, but I've never had an NHL team, and so I started following the Vegas Golden Knights, and to the point where I actually got NHL center ice for this. Uh, my wow. family and I were huge fans, and I remember when that tragic event happened at Mandalay Bay. That was the team that really tried to bring that city together, um, and I was. So fucking heartbroken, man, the way the season ended last year. Can you just kind of describe to a Golden Knights fan who doesn't live in Vegas? Yeah. What has what has that team done for the city in the last well, four years? That that's a, obviously a lot. I'm a, I was a I am a season ticket holder uh, down towards the glass. I was there that night uh, that first season. I had plans on selling a good portion of my tickets. And I'm a sports fan. And then they just kept winning. And I, I couldn't not go. I just, it became like an addiction. Yeah. Because each night we were leaving, winning. We're first in the West. We're first, you know, in the Pacific. Like, what is, what is going? I say we, I'm a Blackhawks fan. But oh, this okay. was that one, this was that one time where, all right, I've been here for 13 years. I've been coming here my whole life. I love Vegas. I am Vegas. Like, this is more of my city than half the residents here. I got real protective over it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm allowed to have a second team, damn it. It went against, I mean, I can't show you my cubby, like my cubbies down here, but it's all, it's all sports and music, yeah. but it's all Chicago and just like you, right? Um, so yeah, I just wanted hockey in Vegas. So I was one of the first 10,000 to put my deposit down to even get hockey here. I wanted the Blackhawks to come here. I wanted to see... Ovechkin not win a Stanley Cup <laughs> yeah. but I wanted to see Ovechkin Crosby I wanted to see I'm a hockey fan I've always been a hockey fan 
So that first season, man, specifically, because it's still, if you live through it, it's going to be with you forever. I was down on the strip the night uh, of the shooting that night of the shooting. October 1st was the final preseason game in Vegas golden Knights history. We went to the, uh, of that first season, we went to that final preseason game. We went to dinner at, uh, at park MGM. We pulled out, a, we pulled her at the Cosmo. We pulled out a Cosmo. I went straight instead of going right. So I went straight down Harmon and I went home uh, heading east. Had I turned right on the boulevard and I'm getting technical and went south, my point is I would have went right through at the exact time I would have went right through all the gunfire and everything. Wow. So I remember driving down Harmon and seeing a bunch of ambulances and police come down. And I do mean a bunch, but I just thought, oh, it's another wild Sunday night in Vegas, like something great, some barricade situation. And then obviously it turned into what it turned into. For those that don't remember, the UFC held a fight card with Demetrius Johnson that Saturday. And there was a lot of talk. Should they, should they not? Um, it was very chaotic. It was very intense. It's sad to say as an American, I wasn't surprised. I was 16 when Columbine happened the next year, 15, the next year we had identification cards and lanyards at my high school in Indiana. And we all had to wear them at all times. And it was like complete lockdown. Um, yeah, it was been trauma after trauma after trauma. So October 1st happening again, that wasn't a surprise, but that was my personal experience. It was sad. It was terrible. It was horrible. Uh, but that team, what it did for all, like you said, you were fucking heartbroken. You weren't the only one. Remember people, and again, I, the media and the videos that were played and the gunfire, I still hear it today. That's real PTSD. I mean, we need to examine that going forward. You guys remember the sounds of those, those machine guns go or the, the paddock shooting the machine gun outside the window. That was intense. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, the city was reeling from it. You said you were fucking heartbroken. The world was fucking heartbroken because that was a real camera phone sort of situation. Like people got a lot of footage of that and it reached the world in a very intense way. And it stuck with us in a real intense way. Anyway, to the point uh, you originally asked about the golden Knights, you got to think, I think it was four days after that, they have that first home game and you've dealt with all that. I mean, as a nation, yes, you've heard the sounds Vegas is dealing with it. I remember the shock that we were all in the look on people's faces uh, for that one night. I was there in the arena. I mean, the game proceeded with like a 30-minute celebration of life for all victims lost. I believe it was 58. Uh, first responders took the ice with survivor. I mean, it was – there will never be any – I mean, I don't I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to use words like never and be hyperbolic, but I will never see anything like that again. I hope to see never anything like that again. I mean, that was – it was intense. There, Everybody was crying, myself included, because you couldn't not just to see everyone cry, 20,000 people cry. That is, I never been to a funeral with 20,000 people. I didn't go to Kobe's yeah. Memorial. I don't know what that's like. I, it was, it was intense. Uh, but the healing that happened and the honoring that happened and then the, uh, uh, Derek England coming out and saying what he said to the crowd. And then the winning happened. He scored the first goal. And then you, you, you maybe like everything that kind of falls into place. And then I remember every game after that, I don't remember individual games, of an 80 plus game season counting, you know, playoffs. Like, I don't remember that. I remember that season. I remember the feeling. I remember you asked what it did for the city. <clears throat> you can't quantify what it did for the city. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Because that that's that kind of magic of sports where that story was so unbelievable. It didn't make you forget about October. First. Nothing's ever going to make you forget about October. No, nothing is going to make you forget about that but it is going to give you something else to focus on in a profound way. If they were just winning a few games or if they were like putting up 30, Carlson had the 40 goals or whatever, they were, they were surprising people. It would have been cool, but to go to the Stanley cup as an inauguration team with castoffs, I remember doing radio on ESPN Las Vegas with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill the day after that game happened the the whatever it was game five when Alex Ovechkin hoisted the Stanley Cup out here in Vegas and that that Cinderella first season came to an end yeah I was telling and and Cofield made this like <laughs> it was like this senior video you know like your senior year of high school and you do the like or like that Sarah McLaughlin you know caged pet commercial where it's just like the saddest shit ever and i was just like listening to this and he's like don't you laugh don't you i'm like dude this is like i get it and i just and this is the context i gave 
every single year in every four major sports, five, what I don't technicality, right? Whatever you want to say is a major sport. Champions are crowned in all of these major sports every single year. Go ahead and tell me who the 1985 Super Bowl champion was. Now I know because I'm a Bears fan, but tell me who the 85 <laughs> World Series champion is. You know, because I believe it was the Royals. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying to the general public, no one gives a shit. Nobody knows who the 1988 Wimbledon champion is. No one knows. No one knows. But when you ask for the rest of sports history, if you were alive in 2017, who went to the or just who is the only team in sports history to go to a final in their inaugural season? It's the Vegas Golden Knights. It is the it is bigger than any championship. And that is the context I tried to give because it is true. It is bigger than any championship. Championships are won and lost. You have multiples. You have dynasties that are sometimes forgotten. You think people know about Red Arbach and Bill Russell and the Celtics? They don't. Not anyone who's under 20. Not really. Not really. So it's just, it, again, you can have dynasties. You can have 11 rings, and sometimes that doesn't even matter. But again, stopping the sports world and having people who weren't even hockey fans, and you're not the only one. Remember I met, mentioned Marissa Rivas, yeah. the creator of Fight Nation? She lives in New York. She works in Manhattan. She's a serious employee. She loves the Golden Knights. Yeah, she's I've been heard. To a few, yeah, she's been to a few games. So um, you know one thing I did enjoy about that final, uh, Luke Thomas versus me. Luke was a Oh, I remember I that. Was, I was a Golden Knights fan, and we had a lot of fun with that. I love Luke. I miss Luke. But uh, Luke's for awesome. You, for those of you that follow Luke, I mean, him going on Joe Rogan's podcast and, uh, you know, challenging Joe, that made me very happy. Luke was a strong voice at Sirius, and yes. I appreciated that because it took some of the heat off of me. I don't like talking about politics. I don't like feeling like I'm uh, on a soapbox or like I'm trying to clout chase or anything like that. But there mm -hmm. are certain things that I feel like in human history that you just he can't be or I can't be quiet about yeah and I feel Luke feels the same way and I really appreciate that uh because again you know as we've seen with good old Gina Carano sometimes you take heat from the mob now again yeah. uh Gina Carano making light of the holocaust and drawing ridiculous comparisons and me just trying to speak up for science and progress I mean take your pick which side of the anyway getting a little off track <laughs> sorry about that but no that's good we talked about Gina Carano last yeah. second so it's all good but yeah, yeah that's good that's good <laughs> Look, I, I, I attended the three-year anniversary and the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 at Arrowhead Stadium. The 10-year one was special because they had a flag the size of the entire field. Players yeah. from both the Chiefs and the Bills uh, were holding on to that flag. Cheerleaders, everyone. It was special. Uh, you remember yeah. those moments for sure. Um, and, you know, as a Golden Knights fan, I'm so excited. They're still doing hockey. Hopefully it keeps happening. I know they got a scare recently. But, um, man, the thing I hate is... They come on at 9 o'clock mostly because they're keeping all their games on the West. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, tough on me, but I'm still going to be uh, following the team no matter what. Hey, uh, Ryan, uh, you do, you guys do such a great uh, job over at SiriusXM. Stay safe. I'll be listening. Uh, would love to do this again sometime. Uh, in the meantime, stay Definitely. safe. Uh, we'll keep in touch, man. Thanks for Thanks, coming buddy. on. Good time. All right, take care. Ryan McKendall, SiriusXM. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Ryan McKennell, uh, host of MMA Tonight. He does that on Wednesdays. Uh, he does it with a rotation of hosts. Uh, but most of the time you can hear him on Wednesdays uh, over at uh, M or, uh, Sirius XM's Fight Nation. And he also hosts Busted Open on Saturdays. He does that with Mark Henry. So if you're a pro wrestling fan, you want to hear more of Ryan McKennell's commentary uh, that's how you can uh, check them out. MMA on Wednesday nights and then pro wrestling on Saturday mornings. Uh, I mean, look, I, I, I really appreciate people like Ryan because it's not just one thing he does. You know, he has a pro wrestling show and an MMA show. And I know uh, he, he he's done some uh, local radio in uh, Las Vegas as well. Uh, he and I were talking a little bit, you know, the, the pandemic unfortunately has changed that, but uh, this is a guy who does a lot of different kinds of uh, of sports talk radio. You know, there are so many people out there that are one-dimensional, and Ryan's not one of those people. Uh, and, and it's really cool to be able to work with. I mean, listen, if there's anyone who I could trade places with for a day, or I guess a week, uh, if I really wanted to get the full experience, Ryan would be a pretty cool option because he does have that 
uh, whole deal working with uh, Hall of Famers, uh, very notable people in their industries of MMA and pro wrestling. Uh, with Misha Tate and Mark Henry, uh, you know, I mean, Mark Henry, for those who are uh, pro wrestling fans, everybody knows who Mark Henry is. Um, and, and for those who are MMA fans, not to be confused with uh, Mark uh, Henry, the trainer. No, uh, we're talking about Mark Henry, the pro wrestler. Uh, World's Strongest Man, I think is his nickname, but uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not a, I'm not the uh, best when it comes to pro wrestling, but uh, neither here nor there. Look. Um, it's pretty cool, uh, kind of getting his perspective, by the way, with what happened in Vegas, because I mean, anyone who knows me, I've actually had people ask me, you know, what's the infatuation with, with Las Vegas? It's like, I don't know. I just love the city. <laughs> I just do. Um, anyone who been who has been to Vegas kind of gets it, but man, uh, just hearing that story, I still remember I was, I woke up fairly early to, uh, work out. And I, I have my own home gym with a TV and all that. So I turn on the TV and, and CNN's already on there. And I just see all this coverage about a shooting that took place in Vegas. It's considered to be the biggest mass shooting in American history. And I'm thinking, what? This this has to be fake news. Like something can't be real about this. And uh, I, I didn't even, I couldn't even get on the treadmill. Like I, 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 I forget it. I, I'm not even in the mood. Um, that had to be one of the scariest things I have seen. I mean, we all remember 9-11. Uh, I, I was, I never saw the coverage when it happened right away. I was in school, but we all still remember that at some point you do see the images and the videos. Um, now the coverage for this, I don't know when it all started as surely way earlier than 6 a.m. Central time, but uh, it was just scary to think, you know, as someone who loves the city and goes there a lot, um, it's a, it's a pretty scary moment that happened. And it was very cool to see, you know, it, obviously there's nothing good about moments like this, but when you are honoring, as Ryan mentioned, uh, I, I mentioned I've been to Arrowhead for chiefs games for the three-year anniversary and the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 and, I still, I, I, I was a freshman in high school for the three-year anniversary. Um, I still remember the the pregame tributes. Um, the I believe it was the Jets. The Jets were in town. Uh, Herm Edwards was last year with the, the Jets before he uh, came over to the Chiefs. And you're just kind of thinking about that whole thing. And you never forget moments like that. Ryan's right. Yeah, sure. Sports and whatnot. You remember the the special moments, but moments like this, you don't ever forget those. Uh, I still remember people chanting USA several different times throughout the day during that game in 2005 against the Jets. And then, uh, and by the way, I said three-year anniversary. I meant four-year anniversary, but you get the idea. Um, the 10-year anniversary against the Bills. Yeah, the Chiefs got their butts kicked in that game, but you don't forget about the pregame ceremonies there. I remember the Chiefs promoting uh, all week long, hey, if you're going to be at the game, get there early because it's going to be a very special uh, pregame ceremony for to honor 9-11. I still remember all the soldiers who came out, and I just described it to Ryan, uh, players from both teams, Chiefs cheerleaders holding the flag, and, um, and just really... Uh, being respectful of the moment and the people that, you know, lost their lives and the people who are at war now because of what happened uh, on that day. So, uh, you definitely appreciate moments like that. That's why, and look, every sporting event, you, you see this happen. And I think they all do a great job where they take the time during a timeout or during a, in between innings, uh, whatever it is where they, uh, take a moment to honor, uh, a soldier in the arena, um, and, and they, they recognize him by name in specific. So, uh, you see this a lot at Royals games, uh, where they have, uh, at some point during the game, they honor somebody from the military and everyone's standing up, uh, cheering for this person, you know, sure. We may be uh, divided politically or with sports teams, whatever, but when you have moments like that, where everybody is standing and cheering for the military or being respectful and honoring um, a sad anniversary like that, uh, it, it, it's good to see in sports. Uh, 
It definitely, it, it, sports does bring us together in some ways like that sometimes. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights were credited so much with how they, you know, just, just tr tried to bring the city together and just build strength following that shooting. So, look, man, I'm a huge Vegas Golden Knights fan, and I think that moment right there really just wanted me to cheer for the Golden Knights even more because of what they did to try to connect that city uh, and keep it together uh, during a moment like that. Uh, so certainly good uh, chatting about that with Ryan McKinnell. And I'm sure many of you guys have your own personal experiences seeing that kind of thing at sporting events or even just watching on TV. Sometimes they air this stuff on TV when they normally wouldn't. So a uh, good discussion with Ryan McKinnell and does tremendous work. If you guys have never, let me just say this about Sirius XM because look, I don't listen to a lot of local radio if you want variety, and I'm not just talking about... Here's my uh, biggest complaint with Sirius XM. They just promote their music channels. The, you know, They let you know that they have uh, 70s and 80s and 90s music. And they do, and they're great channels. I've listened to them. But they don't really promote the fact that there is a channel about combat sports, which Ryan is very much a part of. They don't uh, specify that there is a show like, uh, you know, controversial at times, but Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Uh, some people aren't aware of who she is or the fact that her show even exists out there. Dave Ramsey, you know, for financial advice, you know. Uh, again, whether you like him or not, uh, that kind of stuff people like to, to hear about. Uh, or a channel just for NHL radio or NFL radio. Um, Mad Dog Sports Radio, I really enjoy. Barstool Sports, if I'm not mistaken, still has their own channel at SiriusXM. Uh, SiriusXM does have, there's, there's a channel for entertainment, uh, purposes. Uh, I, I've heard commercials for this, and I know sometimes things change with Sirius. I believe there is a channel, or maybe at least a show, dedicated to video game talk. Uh, I mean, anything you want, by the way. This is, this is real. For those who don't know, there is a show. It's a couple of years old. There is a show on SiriusXM for sex advice. So for all you people who are struggling in bed or for all you virgins out there, there is a show out there to help you out in that manner. Like SiriusXM does have a lot. I pay about a little less than $30 for the all access, meaning I have it for both my uh, iPhone and in my car. My brother has it as well. He loves it. Um... I recommend it, man. I mean, there are so many playlists as well. And so many great podcasts on there. It, like, SiriusXM does have boundless content. I'm telling you. There is no way. I, I'm sure there, 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 there's great content on Sirius that I don't even know about. But it's out there. And I think people should definitely check it out. If you don't have SiriusXM, I know people may not like the price that goes along with it. But listen, if you're someone that loves listening to podcasts or if you're in your car a lot, I think it would be... A pretty smart investment. Uh, take it from me, someone who listens to a lot of that stuff. I love listening to podcasts. Not the biggest fan of local radio, and that's why I subscribe to SiriusXM because I enjoy a lot of that content that they have there, and I think it is worth the money. So just my two cents on all of that for those who aren't uh, SiriusXM subscribers. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I convinced at least one person today. Who knows? Uh, but uh, if you do, let me know and let me know what you think because I'd love to uh, hear your guys' thoughts on that. All right. Big thanks to you guys who joined me uh, listening live on the Facebook page. Fun interacting with you guys. Uh, big thanks to Ryan McKinnell for joining me on this podcast. A uh, lot of fun talking to Ryan McKinnell. Uh, a lot of fun. So uh, definitely going to do that with him in the future, hopefully. And by the way, Jared McMullen, I did hear your podcast. He mentioned that he is tied with Joe Valerio for the longest podcast on my show. And he wants to break that record. So, Jared, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but if you are listening to this, we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, we'll do it your way. So, one way or another. Uh, nonetheless, appreciate all of you guys listening to the podcast. I'm Farzine Vesugian. Subscribe, share the link, share the podcast with your friends. Until then, we'll be back later for more Farzcast. Take care.